At Alina Health, we care about your health and wellness. Learn how Alina Health provides care that can benefit you in this edition of The Wellcast. Now here's your host, Melanie Cole. About 15 million American adults have social anxiety disorder, and although they recognize that the fear is excessive and unreasonable, people with social anxiety disorder may feel powerless against their anxiety. My guest today is Alicia Kruger. She's a psychiatric nurse practitioner at Alina Health Mental United Clinic. Welcome to the show, Alicia. So what is social anxiety, and how is that different from a generalized anxiety disorder? Sure. Thank you for having me. Um, Social anxiety is a marked fear or anxiety about social situations where the individual is really fearful or anxious about being scrutinized by, by other people. Generalized anxiety is a little bit little bit different where it's excessive anxiety or worry um, where it's occurring most days of the week about not just social situations or not scrutiny by others, but pertaining to different events or anxiety in uh, day-to-day, day-to-day life. So what are some of the signs and symptoms that one would notice either in themselves or a loved one in regards to social anxiety, social anxiety disorder, so that they would know that it's time to seek help? Sure. So signs and symptoms of social anxiety are having fears that, you know, you're going to act or appear a certain way, demonstrating anxiety. Some of those physical responses such as blushing or sweating. Uh, Sometimes people, when they have social anxiety, they're very worried about stumbling over their words, not being accepted by others. So they're very fearful and have a lot of worry and anxiety that they're going to be um, judged and rejected by other other people. They also, you know, have one of the symptoms can be that they're they're fearful that they'll be viewed as anxious or crazy or unlikable or um, sometimes sometimes dirty. So the main symptom is excessive worry or anxiety about how others perceive you. Alicia, are there certain reasons or causes that can bring on the disorder? Predisposing individuals that fear, you know, negative evaluation can sometimes be more predisposed to social anxiety. Also, it is a heritable disorder. So first degree relatives do have a two to six times greater chance of having social anxiety disorder if, you know, they have a family, uh, an immediate family member that also has social anxiety disorder. Is it something that can lead to other disorders if it's not treated, such as agoraphobia? Usually the medical disorder or other disorders associated with it are uh, MDD, so major depressive disorder, or uh, substance abuse. It doesn't usually lead to agoraphobia. So... People are say, oh, she's just shy. How is being shy different from having that social anxiety? Sure. So shyness is a common personality trait, but is not considered pathological. Social anxiety is 
when it impairs function. So when people are demonstrating avoidant behaviors because they are so fearful of being scrutinized by others in social situations, it starts to affect if they can, you know, give a speech in front of other people or if they can participate in youth sports or groups activities. So when people when their function is impaired because they are avoiding um, social situations or they're avoiding participation in some of those examples, that's when we want to have have it evaluated. And it's not just a matter of being a personality trait and possibly possibly being shy. So then what are the steps to take if you're going to see a psychologist for the first time or should you see a psychiatrist first? Who do you go to when you feel that that time has really affected your quality of life? Sure. So from a research standpoint, there actually isn't more evidence that individual therapy is better for social anxiety versus medication management. They both are equally efficacious. There are some mental health disorders where it's recommended that you get both therapy and medication management. They they sort of feed off of one another and help each other out. That doesn't seem to, to be the case in social anxiety disorder. It can be one or the other. What the research and evidence is showing, though, is that if a person works with an individual therapist, um, that that tends to be longer lasting than medication management. And so sometimes it's a matter of um, determining what your needs are um, if you're hoping to, you know, tackle this problem more long term, then probably the individual therapy route um, is a better way to go. But if there are certain immediate needs, especially if it's performance related or related to public speaking, then medications can be extremely beneficial. So before I ask you about ways to cope with social anxiety that don't involve medication and some things people can do at home every day, when is it appropriate to treat it with medication? What kinds of medications are we talking about? So most anxiolytic or antidepressant medications, first-line medications such as the SSRIs or the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors are utilized. When you meet with your medical professional, they can go over the risks and benefits of each each one of those. There isn't one particular SSRI though that is specific to social social anxiety. So um, again, your provider can go over, you know, kind of what would be a good good match for you or or not. If it's pertaining to performance or public speaking, um, specifically, a medication that is sometimes prescribed is it's actually not in anxiolytic medication. It is a antihypertensive medication called propranolol. And what that does is it 
one of the side effects of the medication can be that it lowers the heart rate. And so sometimes um, people find that very effective that when they're needing to public speak or perform to take this medication right before they need to do that. How interesting that they're using a beta blocker for that because of its effect of slowing down the heart rate. That is a really interesting way to look at this. Now, what can people do that don't involve medication? What are some sort of cognitive behavioral therapies, things that they can try at home or with their loved ones to get them a little bit past that social anxiety and and out and not quite as afraid? Sure. So, you know, certainly... There are individual therapists and some very good ones within Alina that do specialize in uh, the cognitive behavioral therapy, which is what is recommended for social social anxiety. As far as things that you can do on your own, I always recommend to patients to monitor their caffeine intake. This isn't specific to social anxiety, but just in general, caffeine can elicit, you know, being irritable, feeling agitated, um, disrupting sleep patterns. All of those things can contribute to feeling, you know, anxious. And then on top of that, making it difficult to, you know, perform in certain social situations. So caffeine, you know, is a very common um, substance that is used you know, in our daily lives that people don't realize can be a contributing factor to anxiety in general, but then also can affect social anxiety as well. So wrap it up for us, Alicia, with your best advice for people who suffer from social anxiety disorder or people who they love might be suffering. What would you tell them every day to do about this and when to seek help? Sure. So I, you need to evaluate how it's impacting your functionality in life. So social anxiety usually affects teenage and adolescent persons. The onset is usually at 13 years old and affects usually 18 to, to 15-year-olds. So I would encourage parents to examine, you know, the avoidant behavior and how how it's impacting um you know their their children's ability to have normal social functioning with with their with their peers and so if there's concerns or problems with that then going in and getting it evaluated is is definitely important um also another way that loved ones can support the person that has social anxiety is just offering mock role modeling so that way people can practice certain situations, which that seems kind of like a silly thing to do, but when you are prepared and ready or if you try to create you know, situations where something might happen, then you know what to expect and you're less likely to feel anxious and worried about what others are thinking about you or worried that you're being being scrutinized and analyzed by everyone. Thank you so much for being with us today, Alicia. You're listening to The Wellcast with Alina Health. And for more information, you can go to alinahealth.org. That's alinahealth.org. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.